All right, let's open our Bibles, please, to Psalm 37. 37th Psalm. And uh, we're going to continue our study that we uh, began last week, talking about, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, expectations, uh, embracing to something beyond our control. And uh, tonight we want to talk about the empty man, the empty man. All right, Psalm 37, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse 1. Psalm 37, verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. A well-known passage. Look at verse 4 again. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So uh, we've mentioned this in the past, but uh, when, when God is blessing your life, he takes control. And so this does not only mean that he gives you the desires. Once you have one, he fulfills the desire. What it really means is God gives the desire itself. So if you know the desire you have came from God, he will always fulfill it. Uh, one of the problems is most people, they're very selfish and uh, they're asking amiss that they might consume upon their lusts. But uh, we want to talk about this tonight. I think it's very interesting, the empty man. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We yield your spirit. We pray that he would lead and guide us and empower and embolden, uh, give us the words to say and uh, control our thought processes, that you would uh, feed us with the bread of life and help us to understand uh, the fulfilling life, the, the life given by thee, the abundant life, fulfilled, not just the coming of the desire or the fulfillment of the desire, but the desire itself. We pray that your spirit would do all the work, and uh, once again, we yield to him, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll give you a very short review of what we discussed last week. Hopes and dreams and uh, aspirations are a very big part of life. And so to be blessed of God and have a fulfilled life, you have your past, your present, your future. The past is gone. We can do nothing about it. We reminisce. We have our memories. The present is all we get in real time. Tomorrow, it may never come. This is up to God. So, But as we look toward the future, we have hopes and dreams. And so the blessed life 
is a fulfilling life. It's not an empty life. It's not a vain life. Very, very fulfilling. And so at some point, if God's in it, our dreams will come true. Our desires will come true. So we need to understand what the psalmist was saying here, David, a man after God's own heart, that the fulfillment of the desire, the desire itself, is a part of the blessing of God. So if this is going to happen, we have to get out of the way, so to speak. We cannot force our own way. We cannot um, selfishly plan our life. And so the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He will only show you the next step to take. He's not going to show you three steps down the road or uh, ten steps. Thy word is a light into my path and a lamp under my feet. He's going to show you the next step to take. So if we become our own God, so to speak, we become an idol, we then will plan our whole life. You know, we'll, we'll, and because of that, we will attach these are desires, uh, as we talked about last week. It's a very sad thing when the hope is deferred. It does not come to pass. So we have this aspects in our life. Very simple. What is happening? What do you want to happen in your life? And then all that really matters then in the future is what will happen? What is going to happen? This is all up to God. So I often ask myself this question. What do we have to lose? What do you have to lose? Your possessions, your experiences, your relationships. How about your very life? Jesus said, a man's life consisteth not in the things which he possesseth. So what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world but lose his own soul? So the expectations of life, the hope, the aspirations, the desires, um, we need to let God take full control. The just shall live by faith. So we do have big hopes but there's something called presuming against the future. Um, we're not to say next week, I will go and do this or that or buy and sell. We're supposed to say, if the Lord wills it, this will happen. And so the empty man thinks he's full. The only way to be full is through what? Fulfillment and uh, Filled to the full. You know, if you look at the human body, we know there's something in there. Uh, there's capacity, the, the organs and so forth, the different systems of the body. But uh, a judged man is an empty man, and a lost man is an empty man, and an idolatrous man is an empty man. Why? Because he thinks he's full. 
but he's not. He will not be full until the desire cometh. And when it does, it's a tree of life as we looked at last week. But most, of the, most people, sad to say, they're going to lose everything. Absolutely everything. They may look full. They may have a lot in their possession presently. But it's certain we, can't, we brought nothing into this world. It's certain we will carry nothing out with us. So the loss, very sad thing. To lose your freedom, to lose free will, to lose the peace of your heart and dwelling in uh, serenity. The loss of your hopes and dreams is the worst. But not only that, the loss of one's own soul, the empty man. Think about it. You, if we could see with spiritual vision, there's nothing in there for most people. No presence of the Holy Spirit. Their body's not the temple of the Holy Spirit. They're lost. No joy or peace. And really, they have no hope. Or if they do have hope, there's nothing worse than having false hopes. Building yourself up. This is what's going to happen. Uh, it's kind of like when you ask somebody who's impatient, um, when would you like to have this done? And well, they say, yesterday. You, uh, and you know, I've said that. Have you ever gone through a uh, fast food drive through and it's taking too long, and you're saying, hey, I thought this was fast food. Hey, some of them actually, Whataburger used to, they wouldn't start cooking it until you ordered it. Uh, watch out for those where it's been under the heat lamp for uh, three days. Uh, so, And it's not even real meat. Uh, so the empty man, even their dreams will never be fulfilled. Their hopes will never come to pass. The lost man will lose even his hope. You think about the great white throne judgment where all of the lost will be raised from hell, those who died in sin. They will, and I'm sure in some form or fashion, think, I paid my dues. My suffering must be over but sad, they will stand before God at the great white throne. The books will be open. The Lamb's book of life will be inspected. Their name will not be found. They will be indicted, condemned, pronounced guilty, enter into perdition, as the Bible say, and the execution of the sentence the Bible doctrine is called damnation. They will utter and uh, enter into, sad to say, eternal retribution and eternal damnation. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, the Bible says that when a Christian loses a loved one, that we sorrow but not as others who, what, have no hope. Now, things might look grim presently. 
Things may not be looking up, so to speak, but for the child of God who has hope, we might even hope and hope and hope. And I read it uh, yesterday, Hebrews 11, some died in faith, never receiving the promise in this life. But praise the Lord, one day the hope will be fulfilled. And it's up to God in God's timing in God's way. But the empty man, you know, you look into their eyes and the eyes are supposedly the window of the soul. The, there's just an emptiness. There's a sadness. There's a longing. You look into the heart, very empty. There's a void. The aspirations will never, ever be fulfilled. You know, what do you want out of life? What is the meaning of life? What do you expect from life? What are you longing for? What are you looking for to happen? What is it, if you had to tell the truth, that you are hoping your desires, will they ever be fulfilled you know it's an amazing thought because most people they're empty the empty man but the child of god praise the lord all their desires will be fulfilled it's, it's really amazing you think about it one day you'll have a body just like jesus christ you know, the, uh, it says, when I shall awake in his likeness, then I will be satisfied. But until then, you know, for the child of God, what we ought to say, top priority, is I don't want to sin. I hate sin. I don't want to sin. I don't want to die. I want a body just like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So... Look what it says here. Let's read this again before we turn to another passage. Look at verse 3. Trust in the Lord. First, you've got to trust God and do good. What is doing good? Obeying the commandments, living according to the Word of God, walking in the Spirit. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Number two, delight thyself also in the Lord. Trust also in him. There is, the, is again. And he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the new day. So this is why your average even professing church member and Christian never has a fulfilling life. They're empty. They're miserable. There's a void they have these hopes. They never come to pass. You know why? Because they do not commit their way unto the Lord. You know, a lot of people experiment. I'll try this for a while. They almost treat Christianity like a lease-to-buy program with a, with a new vehicle. They, they do not want to commit their way. It's a commitment. It's not going to be easy. Next, they do not trust. 
There's something missing in their heart. They will not let God be God and trust into him uh, or on him and in him. And that's why he doesn't bring it to pass. Their desires never come true. Their longings never come true. You know, when we awaken his likeness, it's coming if you're saved. Uh, oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me. Glory for me. So delight thyself in the Lord. What's going to happen? He's going to give thee the desires of thine heart. You know, most so-called Christians, they see the commandments as grievous. Do I have to? Oh, no, not again. They don't delight in the commandments. It's not like Psalm 1 where they... Uh, it's a delight and a joy to meditate on the Word. They don't love it. It's almost a drudgery. And you can see it all in generally the church membership, Christendom in general. So very sad, the worst emptiness of all is when your desires never are fulfilled. Now, we may go through life wanting, struggling, praying, working. Yes, we will. But one day, all of our desires will be fulfilled. It's really an amazing thing to think. And the fulfilled means you will be filled to the full. And the opposite of that is absolute nothing. Absolute misery of disappointment. For how long? Eternity. You know, I'd rather be disappointed for a short time in this life and have every desire fulfilled than longing for something that's never going to come to pass and then for an eternity be disappointed. So now if you would, let's turn to Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Another well-known passage. Easy to memorize. Look at verse 5. Psalm 62, 5. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Now, David's talking to his own soul. He says, O oh, my soul, wait thou only upon God. Quit waiting on people. Quit waiting on your family. Quit waiting on a raise. Quit waiting on the weather. Wait on the Lord. And what does it say? My expectation is from Him. Now this is the same principle. The expectation is what we want to happen, what we are expecting to happen in the future. It's not just what is going to happen. It's the expectation itself. God will put it in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, what to expect. What to expect. Um, many times... Uh, I've heard people say, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, they'll go on vacation, spend a lot of money. Eh, it's a little bit disappointing. Uh, I've learned 
I'm going to go not looking forward to very much, and if something good happens, I'll be surprised. I'm not going to get my hopes up and then have the rug pulled out from under me. So this word expectation, it really means anticipation, but when you study the word, it means to be bound. And really the word means to be tied to a chair. So you are willingly allowing yourself to be tied up because you are attaching yourself to a future event that may never take place. Well, what a sad way to live. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So, I want us now, if you would, to turn to Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, this is what we've been leading up to. It's uh, really an amazing thought and something that's going to happen. And it's either going to happen one way or the other. Either you're going to get totally fulfilled or you're going to be totally disappointed. Either you're going to be totally fulfilled, all of your desires, or absolute emptiness and disappointment. So let me remind you of what an expectation is. It's a mental and emotional attachment to an anticipated upcoming event. And most people attach to something that's not the will of God and it's beyond their control. So look at Proverbs 10. Look at verse 28. Proverbs 10, 28. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. This is really amazing. This is the judgment of God. This is the curse of the eternal emptiness. The curse of the empty man. What does it say will happen to him? The expectation of the wicked shall perish. Never going to come to pass. They're never going to get quality time with their family. They're never going to have good health. They're never going to have a long life. They're never going to have riches of glory and eternal possessions. And so the wicked know this is their expectation. I'm not going to have you turn to it, but you ought to look it up in Romans 1. It says they know that they which do such things are worthy of death. So the law is written on the heart of every man in their conscience. They know what's coming. They know what they really deserve. And deep, deep inside, they know. They have nothing to look forward to except an eternity of emptiness. They will never have their desires come to pass. I believe it was old uh, Big Nose George Parrott. You ever heard of him? Uh, I like history in the Old West. He was uh, a criminal and an outlaw and a robber. They finally caught him. And uh, now I can't think of the name of the town. It's in Wyoming on uh, Interstate 80. I'll think of it in a minute. 
No, no, it's it's west of Cheyenne. Does anybody know the first one? Between there, between Cheyenne and Rock. Uh, I think. Oh, come on. Anyway, they uh, they were he was sentenced to death. He's on the gallows. They put the noose on his neck, and uh, they said, "Do you have any last words?" He had a big old look it up, big old nose, hawk nose. They called him Big Nose George. He said, well, boys, I'll be in hell before you boys are eating your breakfast. He knew. He knew. Have you ever heard of Clay Allison? Boy, he's another wild one. He was so wicked and loved to fight and kill people that he would challenge people to jump in a pit, start naked, and fight to the death with bowie knives. I mean, this the, I mean he's a bruiser type of guy. Uh, one time, um, he was going to kill another man. He killed many. And they said, well, Clay, why didn't, you, why didn't you shoot him sooner? He said, I didn't feel right sending a man to hell on an empty stomach. He let him eat his breakfast first. Then he blew him, blew him away. Uh, he knew where he was going. He knew what he would deserve. And deep, deep, deep inside... They know they're empty. They know it's vain. They know they will never, ever be fulfilled in life. But the goose chase, the wild, vain fantasy of, I want this. I want this to happen. This is what I want to happen. And they live their whole life um, wasting their life. You know, I've told you the story. I'll, I'll keep it short. One time I was soul winning, and uh, this young man just got married. He had his first child, and I was talking to him about, you know, Christ and where you're going to go when you die. He was in his early 20s. You know, he, you know how you are when you're young. You, you don't think you'll ever die. Uh, but he had the vanity of youth, and he said, I don't, I don't need God and he said I got my whole life plan and uh, I said really I said what do you mean by that he goes well I'm in college now and my wife we've had our first baby and we've got it planned that we're going to get our bachelor degrees and we we've got it planned that we're going to get a relatively double you know what a, a doink is a double income no kids no a dink he wasn't a dink he was a double income one kid. But uh, he said, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to make real good money. And uh, I said, really? What's, what's after that? He goes, well, um, I'm going to start saving, and uh, we're, gonna, we're renting now. We're going to buy our own brick home. I said, well, that's interesting. What after that? He goes, well, um, we're, we have old jalopy rust bucket cars now. We're going to both drive very nice vehicles. And I said, huh, what's going to happen after that? He said, well, we'll be saving up. And I've always wanted a pickup truck, and my wife wants a sedan. And I said, well, what after that? He said, well, I like to fish. I would like a bass boat. And I said, that's good. What after that? He goes, well, about then, uh, we'll be saving for my children uh, their college, and we're going to give them a good education. I said, but what after that? And it just went on. He goes, well, 
about that time we'll be at middle age. I said, what after that? He said, well, someday we want to have grandchildren. Uh, and what after that? And then he goes, well, about that time, we'll probably be nearing retirement. And this guy's like 21 years old. He thought his whole life. I said, well, what after that? He goes, well, I said, what after that? He goes, we'll probably be getting kind of old. I said, where's that wheelchair? What after that? And he said, well, you know, we'll probably go on. We'll be retired. We'll vacation. We want to see all the national parks and travel. Yeah, what after that? What after that? And finally, I got him to the point where he was on his deathbed. Amen. Said, you're going to die. What after that? And he looked at me and he turned white like he saw a ghost. And he goes, I've never thought that far. I said, you better. You better. You know, and I never forgot it. He rejected, and I went to the next door, and the guy says, I worship Satan. Uh, some things stick out in your mind. I just remember that. But he, he had it all planned. Yeah. Probably very little of that came true. And he's, he's going to die if he dies in sin. Be empty and disappointed for eternity. So what does it say? The expectation of the wicked is going to perish. They're never going to get any of their dreams to come true. So let's look at the good news. Is there good news? Yeah. Amen. Um, so look, look at chapter 11 of uh, Proverbs. And look at verse, uh, well, 23. Look at, look at the beginning of this verse. It says, The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. You know they expect wrath. They expect judgment. They know they're getting it. But what does it say about the righteous? Their desire is only good. Praise the Lord. Look at chapter uh, 23, Proverbs. Chapter 23. Look at verse 17. Proverbs 23, 17. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord. Boy, what a verse. All the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Talking about the righteous. The righteous expectation will not be cut off. It will be fulfilled. We will have a fulfilling eternity. The wicked will have an empty, miserable, disappointing eternity. Look at chapter 24, Proverbs. Look at verse 13. Proverbs 24, 13. My son, eat thou honey because it is good. Amen. Not that stuff in the pink packet or the yellow stuff. I forget that'll kill you. Uh, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste. Now look at verse 14. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. Then there shall be a reward 
and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Now, if you get wisdom from God, you're going to get the expectation. Whatever the wisdom of God gives you, that God puts the desire in you, that puts the expectation in you, because the Word of God is true, and you are meeting the condition to claim the promise, it plainly says that expectation shall not be cut off. What an amazing promise and what a claim we can make. Now, sad, sad is the empty man. The empty man. No Holy Spirit. No fulfillment. Going through life, chasing the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that never existed, they fell for the temptation. What a wasted life. Now, if you're saved, hold your head up high. You might be going through rough times right now. Claim the promises. God says your expectation will not be cut off. The desire of the righteous will come to pass. Why? Because the Bible says we are to be filled with his fullness. And that is the container and the contents. Filled with his fullness. Just like baptized. The word baptizo is to be fully immersed, not on the outside, on the inside too. So um, that's true biblical Christianity. But sad to say, the world's full of empty people. Empty, vain, sad. There's a void. They will die, and their expectation is going to be cut off. You know, we need to be more burdened than ever. We have the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woe be unto the empty man. Amen. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who delights. Uh, his desire is from the Lord. Amen. All right, let's stand.